We did. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. Don't be looking at me like sin ain't no fun. What's wrong with you? Sin's fun. If it wasn't, everybody be up in here today. Right. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. And I never went to a party and it wasn't some throwing down going on. Because if there wasn't no throwing down going on, either I started it or I left. One of the two, okay? And I think sometimes we got this image when we go to church, man, that uh, now that we're serving God, we just need to kind of, you know, calm down a little bit. You know, we got to be holy, reverent, got to be dignified. And that's why a lot of people quit serving God. Yeah. <laughs> they got that image, man. It's messed up. It is messed up. I'm telling you, if you was radical before you got saved, <laughs> you stay radical. Just stay radical. And let God develop you and mold you, okay? We need to be excited. The world needs to see people living right and doing right and excited about it. Not sitting at a table looking across and seeing them kind of do their thing and, and drink their margarita and, 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 and margarita and, and margarita and margarita and laugh. I mean, man, you watch them when they're drinking. Man, they're having so much fun at that table. I mean, they be cutting up, laughing. You know what I'm saying? And we look over here at the table and drinking sweet tea and water, and they, they, you know, look like they just sucking lemon over there. No excitement. You know what I'm saying? And when we got the Holy Ghost, we got God, we got the kingdom of God, we got so much to be excited about, I refuse to let my table be like that. Amen? Hallelujah. I remember one time I went to Florida, you know, I used to coach baseball, you know, praise God, I've been delivered, hallelujah. Whew, glory to God. But anyway, we went to Panama City. You know, in Panama City, like Daytona, like a lot of these places, there's a lot of places you can go and have fun. But they usually ain't quoting Bible verses. They usually giving away free drinks. You know, that's how you get them on the boat. So this is one of them boats. Well, my free drink was uh, Coca-Cola, water. That's okay. They look at you weird. I mean, it's free, man. You want it? No, nah, and I'm good. But then they start playing the music. And all y'all know, y'all know y'all get to moving around when they get to playing some of that music. You know, y'all be, you know, come on, go to the wedding and they start playing the Macarena or something. You're on the dance floor. Oh, yeah, come on. You know why? Because God put that in you. God put excitement in you. Hallelujah. I mean, when you get to heaven, that ain't going to be no boring place, brother. Amen. You think Macarena gets you moving down here, you let God hit the, the note. Let Jesus start singing. Yeah, we'll be doing some Macarena, all right. Hallelujah. We'll be having some fun. We'll be looking around all, you know, like we, you know, sucking on lemons and stuff. But anyway, I got on the boat. And, of course, all these people, man, are absolutely, I mean, they're drinking it up, baby. I mean, and they're having a good time, and I don't blame them. Go ahead, have fun. But I said, I'm going to have fun with you. Amen. With no alcohol. Amen. Imagine that. I don't have to be drunk to actually move my hips, <laughs> shake my butt a little bit, get down a little bit, be real, be authentic, be a human being. Amen? Amen. And it gets me. We come to church sometimes, and I'm telling you what, we look like a bunch of sticks in the mud. I mean, hallelujah. Okay. But you let that joker be in the bathroom with some music playing, man. It won't even have no clothes on. Well, man, come on, hallelujah. Be riding down the road, cranking up the music, be moving, bobbing that head. You know, be just getting all down. But yeah, we come to church, and we can't. I mean, come on, man. Be, hey, wake up. Let's live for Jesus, amen? We serve a risen Savior. Hallelujah. Somebody that's alive, somebody that's working in and through your life, somebody that'll help you when nobody else will, somebody that'll heal your body when nobody else can, somebody that'll pay your bills and bring money to you, bring opportunity to you. He will help you in the time of need, amen? That's who we serve, amen? So we got a lot to be excited about. 
And if you don't, I hope I just gave you something to get excited about, okay? God, hallelujah. Well, you say, Nathan, man, I'd like to get excited, but I'm struggling. Man, I got all these problems. Welcome to the ER. You are in the right place. This is the emergency room for the kingdom of God. We welcome all those that are struggling. Listen to this. If we didn't need Jesus, okay, if we had everything figured out, and if we could walk this life without a Savior, then why did He come? We can't walk this life. And if you try to do it on your own, you're going to fall short. Amen? I had this, I had this little vision, you know. Have you ever had a vision? <laughs> Few people. <laughs> I'm not saying all of them got to be godly. We all have a vision or two. Amen? But I had this vision, and I got to thinking about, because like I said, I came from the, the world of anything goes. Okay? No barriers. No guardrails. That means we did whatever felt good. Anybody else come from that world? Just whatever, you just do it. Hallelujah. It felt good. Let's do it. Okay? Well, I got to thinking about church and the way church is today. And uh, we tend to be a little religious. We tend to, you know, uh, and I see this a lot, man. People get saved. They just came from a drug-infested environment. Maybe they were messed up. I mean, just all kinds of stuff going on. Like they get saved, and about six months later, they start looking at everybody else like, man, you're bad. But I'm going, dude, you just came from that same group. Oh, and then about four or five years later, it gets real bad. Oh, we really start looking down on people. Oh, and as it keeps going, you keep looking down on people. And then we get this air about us that we're the church and you ain't. Right. And we're thinking, uh, dude, we ain't but one sin away from being right down there back with you. Except for the grace of God, we wouldn't even be where we're at. Amen? But I got to thinking about how... In the church world, we tend to, you know, become a little religious and begin to look at people when they come in with problems. Like if somebody came in today and, and they were drunk and we had to help them to their seat and, and, and they were just messed up and maybe they need to go to the bathroom and throw up because it was a rough night last night, okay? But then we help them back in here. But they're looking for help, amen? That, that sometimes we would probably be like, oh my God, do you see that person? What's wrong with them? Don't they need to quit that? But let me ask you this. The ER down there at Piedmont Henry, do they not have all kinds of conditions run into that ER? All kinds. I mean, they get the worst case scenario. Now, now let me ask you this. If they were at the ER door, the ambulance pulls up, they open the back door, guy gets out, girl, whatever, and they're messed up head to toe. They need help right now. Oh, time out, time out, time out. Before we do anything, why did you do that? Why, why, why was you there? Don't you know? Did your mom and daddy teach you anything? You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't have been there. How dare you? Get back in the ambulance. Take them back home. We ain't helping them. Does that ever come out of their mouth? Do they ever stop to go, okay, we need to analyze the situation and we need to discover why are you doing this? No. They bust them doors open. They bring that body in and everybody goes to work. We ain't concerned about what you did or how you got where you're at. No, we want to get you to live another day. Right. How about if the church did that? Amen. Doors bust open. They got all kinds of problems. And we just said, come on in. We're going to help you. We're, we'll ask questions later. Right now, we got to help you get through this thing called life. Amen. And that's what I want the church to be. I want our church to be that way. I don't want to ever look down on people. We want, all, we, we want cigarette butts, so many cigarette butts in the parking lot it looks like it snowed last night. 
People have smoked so much, we have to go, wow, did it snow last night? Yeah, you know why? Because that means we got some people in here that need some help. Amen? I'm serious. I want to walk into the bathroom and go, man, somebody must have smoked a joint in here. You know why? Because we got the right people in the church. I mean, are we not here to help sick people? Or are we wanting the people to get, get well and then come on in? Oh, no. Oh, we're at the cafe and we're just having a cup of coffee and they drop a few F-bombs. <laughs> Maybe a, a GD in the house of God. That's what I want at the cafe. Why? Because they're at the right place. We're here to help them, not judge them. Amen? That's what the church is about. What about this scenario? And some of y'all have been, y'all seen this happen in churches that you've been at previously. God forbid if it happens here. I'm going to tell you, if we ever get to be a church like that, you'll see me not show up. The pastor will not show up. He will not be here. I'll leave a note on the door. Ball humbug. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm telling you. We are going to accept all people where they're at. We'll deal with the situations later. We'll talk about that later. Right now, you need help. You need help to find Jesus. And the last thing you can do is start throwing rocks at people, and they ain't never going to know Jesus. They're going to run. They're going to run. We've got to open up our hearts and, and let people come in the way they are and not judge them. Amen? I mean, we'll talk later, but right now we need to deal with some things, man. We need to get you fixed. We need to get you ready. And if they don't look like you, act like you, man, that's okay. Praise God. Look at how you acted 10 years ago. I mean, we're all growing. Amen? Hallelujah. We all are growing toward him. Y'all excuse me. I had one of those weeks. It's your fault, Brandon. He had one of those weeks last week. Hallelujah. Glory to God. How many of y'all are healed? Hallelujah. Uh, how many of y'all been sick before? Which one you like better? I like healed. Hallelujah. I love healed. Hallelujah. You know, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. Ain't that something you're going to be rebellious? But I, I, I'm going to go ahead and do it um, because I feel like the Lord wants me to do it. Are y'all okay if we do something the Lord might want to do? I'm a human. I can miss it like anybody else. But uh, Zashira, will you, will you let me pray for you? Will you come up here and let me pray for you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to touch you, not me. Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Just come up here. Melinda, could you come up here? Hallelujah. Come on up here. You face me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yeah, look at me. Hallelujah. And I just want you guys to stretch your hands. and We're going to pray, okay? It ain't about what we need to know, what we don't need to know. Holy Spirit knows. And I kind of battled this in my head because I think, I know she's a woman of faith. I know the family's a family of faith. And I know they've had people pray for her. But I just couldn't shake it that I think something's about to happen, okay? And it's just him. It's not me, okay? I'm just going to be the hands that touch you. But we give him all the praise and glory. Amen? Could y'all just do that with us? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. And I lay my hands on Zashira in obedience. And I just thank you right now, Father God, that your word does not return void. And by Jesus' stripes, Zashira is healed. You took every sickness and every disease on your back, Jesus, to where Zashira didn't have to. So right now, we join our faith together. I lay hands on this body, and I believe right now that the anointing of God is coming upon her body, and it's driving out all sickness and disease in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God. 
that healing is springing forth quickly and mightily in the name of Jesus. I just give you praise and glory and honor, Father God, that he which began a good work in Zeshira will complete it and finish it. And I just give you praise and glory and honor, and I thank you that it's done in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody that agreed said amen, amen, amen. I love you, girl. I love you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Y'all can be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, she was in the hospital this past week, and uh, uh, I wanted to go see her, but couldn't. And that's another thing. I, you know, there's a, there's a lot of times I want to do a lot of things for the people here at Revolution Church. I want to be a part of what's, what you're going through in life, and, and I am in prayer. I always know you can call me anytime, and I'm praying with you. I'll stand with you, but again, I work a job like everybody else does, and sometimes it's, I don't have as much access to do it. That's why I got a beautiful bride that uh, she sometimes can do some things on behalf of me, but we're one. So if she ever shows up, let me tell you something, we're one. Amen? And to be honest with you, uh, you might want her to show up, okay? She is, I mean, she's dynamite, okay? Uh, but anyway, she was in the hospital. So, uh, you know, Belinda was somewhere, and I just texted her. I said, oh, Zashira, I want to be there, man, but my nose was running. You know, I just felt terrible, you know? And uh, kind of explained to why I couldn't be there. And she said, oh, well, that's nice. Well, I'll be praying for you that you get better. She's laying in the hospital. You know what I'm saying? I mean, come on, man. I don't need fire me up, man. I'm thinking that's why I'm, I, I, it just fired me up. So thank you, Zashira. I appreciate that. Hallelujah. But glory to God. You know, we need to be standing with each other. We're living in some t days to where we need each other. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to uh, jump back into the Word. Are y'all ready for some Word? Yeah. Hallelujah. We're going to kind of bounce off kind of some of the things we talked about last week. I'll review a little bit, and then we'll get into some new content. But let's go ahead and pray real quick, and then we'll jump into this. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you for this time together. I pray, Father God, that every ear is opened, every eye is opened, that we see and know and understand the will of God. We receive the word today. Speak to our hearts that we all would be changed into the image of Jesus and be like him more at the end of this service. We give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Well, last week we talked about truth and love. Y'all remember that? We kind of got into truth and love and and, and we talked about in John 1, 4 uh, was one of the scriptures. I'm just going to read a couple of them real quick. Uh, we, we talked about John 1, 14. It said, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the, of the only begotten of the Father, full of what? Grace and truth. Okay, and then we went to uh, uh, John 1, 17. says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That means when Jesus Christ came, He brought... A couple things with him. He brought some grace and he brought some truth. Okay. We live in a world right now to where they don't know what truth is. Okay. They don't. All right. And they're reaching and they're damning or putting down people that do stand for the truth of Jesus. You know, Maverick said something to me years ago and he said, Dad, he said, it seems like that this Christianity is the only way to go because you think about it. It gets attacked more than any other religion. You think about it. There's more pressure put on Christianity than any other religion. There's more acceptance of every other religion than there is of Christianity in our country. 
There's more tolerance for those that don't serve Jesus. There's more tolerance for those that are serving other gods than there is for those that are standing up for Jesus Christ in this country right now. And it's growing at an ever-alarming rate that we're giving more way to those that are serving false gods than to those that are actually serving the real God. There's more pressure put on us. So it's almost like if you'll just stop and think for a minute, something that gets that much attention might just be what we need to believe in. You see what I'm saying? And it's only intensifying. Now this is not new to the Eastern world, okay? They've been walking this out for years. But this type of pressure, this type of uh, uh, hatred and anger is new to the Western world. Because we're used to always being able to talk about Jesus and, and to tell people, hey, that's sin. You don't need to do that. That's not the right thing to do. But now do you know that you can't call some things sin. You just can't. Or you're going to get in trouble. Okay? There's some things you can't talk about on TV. That if you do, they'll take you off the TV set. I mean, in our own country. On our own airwaves right now. So Christianity is the truth. But then we have to decide what is truth. And then we've got to be people that are walking the truth out. See, if we are, and that's the case for a lot of churches and a lot of Christians, they don't know what they believe. They really don't. If you ask some people about certain things, they'll just kind of look at you like a cow at a new gate and go, well, you know, I mean, well, you got to love everybody. You know, we just got to love everybody. Yes, we've got to love everybody. Okay, but like we talked about last week, if love was the only thing needed to get people from earth to heaven, then why didn't God in His mag mag majesty or His glory stand up in heaven, look down on earth, and go, Hey, everybody, I love you. You're amazing. I love you. If that's all we needed was a good word of love. No. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that He did something. He did something. He sent Jesus to die for us. So Jesus tag team his dad and said, I'm going to go take grace and truth to them. Because do we need love? Absolutely. But God's going to love people as they are dismissed from the throne room, uh, the white throne judgment into hell. He loves them as they are dismissed. He loves everybody. So loving everybody is not going to convert everybody. Y'all do know that, right? Okay. If that was the case, then Jesus would have come and he would have just taught love. But Jesus come teaching repentance for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He preached something else. Now, he did it in love, but he knew he had to give them some substance by which to you know, uh, gravitate to or hang on to to get them where they needed to go. Without truth, guys, we are lost. You've got to have it. But you've got to have the grace, like what Kurt was saying, you've got to have that grace, which is an empowerment to walk the truth out. So that's why he came in grace and truth. He brought truth, and then he brought the power to walk it out. Okay? You don't work for salvation. You don't work for healing. A lot of the things in the kingdom of God you don't work for. They're free gifts, but you have to obtain it by faith, and you need grace to walk it out. To be a successful Christian on this planet, you're going to need a lot of grace. A lot of grace. A lot. To be able to walk it out. But we've got to have truth. We've got to know what's right and what's wrong. And truth is singular. 
Okay, it's not many ways like we hear on the airwaves. You know, man, that, that, that's true for you, Lori, but you know, we look at this thing, you know, you look at it from one way, I look at it from one way. You know, I mean, hey, you interpret one way, I interpret one way, we all have our interpretation, and hey, look, blah, blah, yada, yada, yada. No, there ain't none of that all yada, yada, yada junk. There's one interpretation. There's one way. There's one truth. Period. No matter what we think about it. And that's what we've got to live by. And we don't argue with people to try to get them to believe what we believe. Stay away from that stuff. I'm telling you, man, you've got atheists and agnostic and people that don't have any, any desire to know spiritual things and people are going to engage in a conversation to try to change them over. Have you ever, and I mean go on YouTube and find any case, and you probably could, I'm not saying you can't, but find a case where somebody was in an argument with an agnostic or an atheist of any kind and then at the end of the day they said, you know what, you're right, I need Jesus. Hallelujah. It's rare. You get nowhere with arguing. We are not called to save the world, people. We're not called to save the world. The Holy Spirit draws people to Jesus. He convicts them of their sin. If He don't convict them, if He don't draw them, if He don't open their ears and their eyes, you are wasting time talking to them. If you don't want something, it don't matter how bad I would want to give her this water, but if she don't want it, guess what? I'm wasting motion. I'm wasting time. This water is never going to get in her hand. But yet we have so many Christians that get upset and mad whenever you're talking to somebody about the things of God and they blow you off. Or they say something negative to you. Hey, man, that ain't the first rodeo. Man, Jesus had that happen all the time. It's going to happen. You just love them and move on. Don't harass them and tick them off. They ain't never going to want what you got. Amen. We don't force what we have on anybody. If they don't want it, hey, good deal. Love you, man. Have fun with Buddha. We love you. Let's go out to eat next week. Have a good time. I mean, we're not, I mean listen, I'm not here to knock anybody down. Because I can tell you, it will all be solved when you die. Speculation will be clear. What you should have done, what you shouldn't have done, what I could have did, what I didn't need to do. Was this okay? Was this okay? Guess what? It'll all be sitting at the table. There'll be no more black and white. There'll be no more gray areas. It'll be there. Amen? But our job is to continue to stand up for truth at all costs. If we don't stand up for truth, nobody else will. Because this world is going to get more and more divided and more and more confused. They don't know. They're looking for truth. But when you tell them the truth, they get mad. Why? Because people want to do what they want to do. Come on, parents. Y'all know what it's about. You tell your kids, hey, I'm telling you the truth. You need to straighten up and quit doing that. Well, if they don't want to straighten up and quit doing that, they're going to get mad. Why? Because they want to do something. But if you used to tell them, you know what you're doing is okay. It's all right, man. Keep it up. Oh, they'll be your best bud. You follow me? Everything goes smooth when you pat everybody on the back. But when you start talking truth, not to argue, not to fuss, you just talk truth, it's going to cause a little tension. Some will like it, some won't. I mean, guys, man, if I'm doing something that ain't right, and somebody comes to me and says, Nathan, what you're doing is wrong and you need to quit it. Well, if Nathan wants to keep doing that wrong thing, how am I, how am I going to respond? Oh, man, you're, you're so right. <laughs> let me just, let me just, you know. No, 
Say, who are you to judge me? You know what I'm saying? Who are you? Oh, you think you're perfect now, huh? You think you got it all together. Oh, who you are to judge me? And see, that's the problem with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today, people. Okay? We're trying to tell everybody what's right and wrong. But yet you can go down to the local beer and pub and walk in there, sit down. How you doing, man? Let me get you a drink. It's been a rough week. You're going to be all right, man. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. Don't let that bother you. You know what I'm saying? You'll work that out, man. I'm here for you. Hey, get him a drink. Come on, talk to me. You know you'll get more acceptance in a beer joint bar. I know. I went last night. No, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. <laughs> but seriously, you walk in, and that's where a lot, I'm telling you, a lot of people that used to go to church, and it's sad to say, they leave the church, and then they start running back you know, to these areas where they came from, and they get accepted with open arms. Oh, come on in here, brother. I understand them people are a bunch of hypocrites anyway. Yeah, come on in and sit down. Man, get you a drink. You, 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 you good. You got, I got you back. I got you back. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. Why can't we create that in the church? Why can't we have a church that's full of people that need help, and we help them? Maybe they don't serve God the way you do. Okay, so what? That still don't make it, uh, God any less their dad. You follow what I'm saying? How about all your kids? How are they doing right now? How about all your kids? They worshiping God 24-7? Huh? So that, does that make them any less your kids? No, it don't. Uh-uh. You're going to love them no matter what. But you're going to continue to try to chase them and love them to do good no matter how old they get. Your daddy's the same way. All his kids are special to him. Maybe they don't look like you. Thank God. What an ugly place if we were all the same color and we all looked the same. That would be a horrible place. I'm so glad he sent us to earth with some color. I wouldn't have picked white, but hey, I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you like it is. I may be white on the outside, but I've already said many, many times, I'm a little black on the inside. Hallelujah. I got black blood in me, glory to God. And you all, I mean, that's another thing about all this racist stuff. Like Lori's all black, okay? And that's all she's got in her. Really? I mean, really? How stupid is that? If we went on back a few generations, there's probably some uh, brown, there's probably some white, there's probably a little red. I mean, come on, we all come from a mix. We're mixed. We're mixed up. I mean, really? It's skin, man. Come on, that's all it is. Glory to God. Peel all the skin back and we all sitting here, not alive, but, you know, we all look the same, amen? It's just the devil's way of trying to just cause problems and we can't buy into it. Hallelujah. We are called to speak the truth in love to all people, no matter how they think of us. We are in the world, but we're not of this world. That's the thing. We're in the world. We just don't have to act like the world, amen? We still can go to places where the world goes. We just don't have to act like they do. How about if we went to where they are and we acted like Jesus and maybe some of them would want to do what you do. But instead of looking at you as a religious club and they're going to be judged, they're going to be looked down upon, they're going to be looked like they're, they're less than and they don't want nothing to do with it. No. And we're all jacked up. We are. I mean, how many of y'all in here today worshiping God? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, feeling good. You know what kind of rat you was this week. 
You know what you did wrong, what you didn't do right. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Man, we got a world to win, guys. We've got people that need Jesus. And we got to quit putting tags on people like you need to be this way, this way, or this way. No. No. We need to get the church right, yes. All of us got to get right, okay? We've got to get this fixed in our own lives, but we've got to accept people with open arms. And it don't matter what they do, no matter how they act, okay? Everybody agree with that? Hallelujah. Well, I want to, let's see here. Today I want to talk about truth and what is tradition. Have y'all ever heard of any types of tradition in churches? I'm about to, I'm going to name some so you're going to find out. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. Some people live their lives on traditions of men instead of the truth of God's word. How many of y'all know that uh, whenever somebody has a particular doctrine or a particular belief in the house of God, our response should always be, where's the scripture? Where's the scripture on what you're saying? Well, now you've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with evidence of speaking tongues or you're not going to heaven. Where's the scripture? Where's the scripture? Okay. All right. Well, if you drink alcohol, you're, you're going to hell. Where's the scripture? If you smoke cigarettes, oh, my God, you are not going to be able to go to heaven. Where's the scripture? We've allowed religion to run people away from God. No scripture. And I'm going to say some more here in a little bit. I just want to give you a little preview, okay? All right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Have you ever heard? Y'all remember that Wendy's commercial? Where's the beef? They showed his hamburger from another hamburger joint. Got a little bitty patty in there. Where's the beef? We need to be Christians that are constantly saying, where is the scripture? We want to be scriptural. Okay, not religious. We're not wanting to be religious. We want to know what's the word say. Not what you say or not what the song says. Well, you know the song says this. That ain't the scripture. Okay, well, my preacher, man, he said this. That ain't the Bible. I'm telling you, everything I'm saying today, don't just swallow it. You take it home. Where's the scripture, pastor? Period. We're going to live by the Bible, not by men's traditions. Amen. I mean, most people, man, when you is, well, let me just go on, hallelujah. When it comes to serving God, I want us to begin to, to say this when confronted with anything concerning our walk with God. Where's the scripture? Let's turn to Mark 7, verse 1. Mark 7, verse 1. And we're going to read a story about Jesus' encounter with some really nice religious people. And I want you to know that the church is still full of Pharisees and scribes and religious people. How many of y'all have been to a church... And or maybe you left the church because of people that were religious and mean. Anybody? Okay. Um, it's sad. It's sad uh, because it's just it shouldn't be. We're called to love all people. Okay. Now, am I saying that I'm okay with everybody doing wrong things? Well, no. Am I okay with smoking? No, because smoking can hurt you. It can affect your body. It can hurt you. Okay. Yeah, we want people to try to be free from it, but it ain't it ain't a heaven or hell issue. You know what I'm saying? No more than eating a bunch of Snickers bars is a heaven and hell issue, but it ain't going to help you. Sure not. Amen? Or drinking, a, you know, Coke after Coke. You want to knock people for drinking alcohol, but we should just suck them Cokes down like ain't nothing. That Coke is bringing more harm to your body in some cases. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So we don't want anybody doing these things. We want them to pull away from them because we want their bodies to be healthy. But guys, we're just really, 
we're putting things, too much emphasis on things we shouldn't be putting our emphasis on. So Mark 7, verse 1. We're going to read a few scriptures, so just kind of stick with me. One day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law arrived from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of his disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of hand-washing before eating. The Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands as required by their ancient tradition. So they had a tradition that would be hand-washing tradition. Hand-washing tradition. That if you don't wash your hands, you're not up to par. Washing your hands. Big deal. You must wash your hands. Or you're not holding to the Word of God. Traditions. You're not holding to the ancient. <laughs> I mean, we're going to put a little ancient on this sucker. It's been around for a while. They're talking to the Son of God. They're talking to God in the flesh right now. You have a problem. You're not washing your hands before you eat. Wow. And then he goes on to say this. Look what they say. They say, similar, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. I'd be washing what I just bought at the market. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So we've got a, uh, we got a washing doctrine going on here. And it's bad. And man, if you don't do the washing thing, you don't qualify. Jesus, Son of God, do you know you don't qualify because you did not wash your pots, pans, and your hands? And we laugh. I want us to laugh because that's how ridiculous it sounds when we start saying some of the same things to people. I mean, really, think about it. Developing our own religious doctrine drives people away. Thank God Jesus was very secure in his belief system, okay? It didn't bother him. They're so glad they said it to him because how many other people did they run away? How many people did they not even want to come to the synagogue? It goes on to say, So the Pharisees and teachers of, relig of, of religious law asked him, Why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition?" They eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Woo! I wonder if they had a worship set. Man, come up here. We're going to worship God as we all wash our hands and pots and pans. This is a big deal. I mean, these guys are interrupting Jesus' meeting to let them know, hey, look, dog, we're over here. God, we got God here, okay? Hey, man, we got a problem. <laughs> Y'all ain't washed the pots and pans. You ain't washed your hands. This is the issue, guys. We got we to straighten this up. It's stupid. Absolutely stupid. But yet, the same pharisaical spirit and scribe spirit is working in us today. Listen, we have got to be like Jesus, people. <laughs> Did anybody ever take note of the disciples that Jesus picked out? You ought to go back and look at it. Fisherman. Tax collector. Oh, yeah, you definitely going to get a lot of people that like you because you got tax collector on your team. Uh-uh. He picked some dudes, man. They were messed up. They gossiped. They complained. They were out of faith. They were jacked up while they were with Jesus. But what did Jesus do? 
He made world changers out of those people. How about us? How about us? You know, in emergency room, it gets ugly before it gets pretty. It's real ugly in that emergency room. I'm going to tell you, in all cases, legs cut off, people shot, especially if you go to Grady. Oh, my gosh. You're liable to see all kinds of stuff. But they don't say no to anybody. They bring them in and they work with them and work with them to bring life to them, to restore them, to help them. What if we became an ER for the kingdom of God? That when people come in here, we're not looking for notoriety. We're not looking to get up here and sing a song or preach a sermon. No, we're looking to see somebody walk through those double doors and go, okay, all right, I got to talk to you. How you doing, bub? How you doing, sister? And begin to develop. Text them during the week. Love on them. You see somebody that ain't here for two weeks. We, we get on the phone. There could be an issue right here. We want to help somebody. I mean, take them out to eat. Love on them. I mean, we've got to do some work, guys, because it gets ugly in the process of seeing somebody's life changed. And you've got to be willing to get down there where it's dirty and ugly if you're going to see some change. I don't want to be a church that preaches cute sermons, has big crowds, and everybody's going to hell because they've had false conversions. They think they're following God, but they ain't. I'm telling you, I want a church of people that are broken but restored. And brought to a place to where they can walk out the things of God in their lives. Yes. That they do have an on the road to Damascus experience like Paul did. Yes. We're called to give people that. We need God in our lives. The real true God. And Jesus demonstrated that. Let's go on. I mean, we got a serious situation uh, brewing right here. This is big time. Jesus replied, oh, you amazing men of God. Y'all are amazing. Y'all are right. What you're saying is true. We, we, we're messed up. And I'm glad you guys brought that information to us today. Thank you. Well, we'll get on the road. Guys, y'all get y'all's towel. Let's go. Let's go wash your hands right now. Let's go do this. All right. Oh, no. What do you say? Woo! Mm. Wow. I think I may start giving the mic to some people that come to church for a little while. Sorry, man. Tell me your experience here so far. You hypocrites. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Out of leave. But Jesus replied, you hypocrites. Isaiah was right. Now, we see Jesus, he's getting ready to use the what? They were using tradition. Jesus is about to use the word. Hallelujah. What's he say? These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. For they teach man-made ideas and commands as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own traditions. Friend, I'm telling you, the world needs to see the real Jesus. Come on, talk to me, man. Really? Amen, hallelujah, something, okay? And we've got the opportunity. The devil is putting America in revival state. He is. Oh, yeah. Now it's time for the church to accept that invitation. And realize we have got an opportunity. Get out of debt. Now. Thus saith the Lord. Everybody get out of debt. Out of debt. Get your bills paid. To where you're free to do what God tells you to do. I mean, it's work to get the children of God to church on one Sunday. God forbid you say Monday. You in my business now, dog. Better chill out. I got to work. I got to make money. 
I got things to do. I got important things in life. I got things I got to do. Don't be messing up with my stuff. Amen or oh me. The devil has reduced serving God in America together as a group one day. One day. Oh, but yeah, we got small groups in our church. Did you know the percentage of people that go to small groups versus the people that go to church on Sunday morning? It ain't big. I've been to them at big churches, and I've had them at small churches. People don't come. Somewhere in this United States of America, there's got to be a remnant that will rise up and say yes to the call of God. Yes to him and no to us. We've let this world come in and entice us with materialism and things, and it's got us off track. We was never called to chase things. Things were told to chase us. Got it backwards. God don't, God don't want to withhold anything from you. He wants y'all to have everything your heart's desire. But he wants it to come from him. Not the hand of the flesh and at 20% interest and 10% interest and 5,000 payments. Got to have it now, right now, right now. Got to have it now, got to have it now, got to have it now, got to have it now. No, that's the devil. Guys, we are in the last days. Jesus is about to come back. He's about to split the sky. We better get our priorities set in line with the master. I'm not saying you quit your job. No, our job is our mission field. No, I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that we've got to get out of debt. We've got to quit being a servant to the lender. We've got to. Mm-hmm. Is that okay, Pastor? Not a lot of excitement on that one. Hallelujah. They may be thinking to me, you hypocrite. No, I'm just <laughs> Hallelujah. Then he said, Jesus said to him, he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For instance, he's getting ready to give you an example here. Okay, Jesus is all about examples. He likes that stuff. He said, Moses gave you this law from God. Now, kids, y'all might want to just go to the bathroom at this point. Uh, It's going to get a little rough on this one. Honor your father and mother. And anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be uh, put to death. Wow. How would you like to have been an Israelite in those days? (laughs) I wonder how many kids got whacked. Probably not too many. After a few of them, we probably thought, oh, hey, daddy, we love you. Hallelujah. Pretty serious. And it is serious. Okay. Hallelujah. Well, that doesn't take me off. Oh. <laughs> Verse uh, 11. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents. And so you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own traditions. And this is only one example among many others. So what he's telling them is, is you, Pharisees and scribes, have taught them to do something to, to favor you. Right. Don't bring your money to your parents and help them. No, you bring your money to us. You bring your money to us. The Pharisees and Sadducees and religion is always about itself. What can you do for me? Not what you can do for him. Religion. Churches are filled with it. I mean, you see pastors get out of a car and they almost float in with an entourage of people and they got 10 people in the congregation. 
vision, the prophets who died, apostles, and what God first laid him, and what God everybody comes. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Okay, you three people, y'all, y'all stay stay right there. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so amazing. The man and woman of God. They're in the house. Yes. <laughs> y'all know it's true. Then we got the form of God in this man, but there ain't no power even in the neighborhood. We're too busy worshiping a man and a woman, man. Are you kidding me? Jesus said, don't you call nobody father. You only got one father. You'll never hear or see the apostle Paul refer to himself as an apostle or prophet. Never. Servant. Brother. I'm not saying we don't have these offices. And I'm not saying we don't respect them. We should. We should honor those. No doubt. But guys, we have really, really shifted this thing in a very, very negative tone. When you come to church, and that's why a lot of these churches are exploding with pastors dressed like me. You know why? Because they relate to people out here. They look like the people out here. That's why you've seen churches really explode like that. Because the atmosphere is not inferior. The atmosphere is welcoming. You don't show up and you got a guy with a tie, and I'm not against that. I, I, I'm all for dressing up. Now, don't you get me wrong, okay? But I'm just saying sometimes that tie gets so tight, it chokes the truth out of them. Come on. Hallelujah. It chokes reality, re, reality out of them. I'm being real with you guys. I want to be a church that is so attractive to the world, but so full of the power of God. And it's going to take us taking a paradigm shift to where we look through the eyes of our master Jesus. And we're able to conform our life to his word, to the red letters. And we begin to look at people like he did. And we look at people that are hurting. The Syrophoenician woman that came. To him. Syrophoenician women in that day were horrible people. Horrible. With a capital H. But she crawls in that building with those disciples and all. Falls at the feet of Jesus. And says, hey, my daughter's at home and she's struggling. He said, well, I've come to give bread to the children of God. And she said, yeah, you Lord. But even dogs get a few crumbs from the table. I'm here to tell you when that woman said that, I believe Jesus was smiling. There we go, girl. That's what we're talking about. He wasn't calling her a dog. He wasn't calling her a dog. He was giving an example to all the people in the room of what it looks like to get something from Daddy God. Humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Did that, girl's woman, did that girl's daughter get healed? Sure did. Was that woman a, a, a daughter of Abraham? No, she wasn't. Guys, we've got, to, we've got to get this in our head, and we've got to start beginning to take each day is we're not ignoring sinners. We're not running away from sinners. We're running to them. We're running to them. 
man, I'm not going to go out to eat with them because every time I do, man, they cuss at the table. They say things they shouldn't say. They, they order stuff that I just don't feel comfortable watching them do. Get over yourself, please. Get over yourself. Because I'm going to tell you something. We've got to get our eyes off of the external. External things can change, people. What's really going on when people are doing things externally that ain't right? What's really going on? They got a heart issue. There's something inside their heart. Something's bothering them. Something's troubling them. And if we can take time to look past some of the fault and work towards getting to the heart, then we're going to start seeing some change happen. Because you get the heart right or the spirit right, everything else gets right. If we try, to, we try to get the outside right, but we don't change the inside, guess what? You're going to go back to doing what you did before. It's a work of your flesh. You've worked it. You've tried to get this thing working, and it never lasts. But if you, if you work on the heart, and Jesus is going to talk about this as we go a little bit further here. Verse 14, then Jesus called to the crowds to come and hear. All you of you listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Then Jesus went into a house to get away from the crowd, and his disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he just had used. Don't you understand either? He asked, can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Food doesn't go into your heart. Get that, guys. But only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. And, he, and then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. Friend, you can take somebody that drinks alcohol until they pass out or smokes dope until they can't see or does drugs until they go into a coma and it never touches their heart. It passes through your physical body and goes out and is dispersed. But it never hits the heart. That's why a lot of your programs that help get you, like AAA and a lot of these drug rehabilitation centers and stuff, the rates of success are not that high because we're only dealing, in most cases, not all cases, we're dealing with external behavior. And we're trying to fix the external behavior. We're trying to fix your body and your soul. That don't work apart from the spirit. We've got to change the heart. We've got to deal with the heart. You get to the heart, and I'm telling you, you're going to see change. But if you're trying to change things from an external perspective only, it's not going to work. Now, do I say we don't need those programs? Yes, we need them. And we're seeing people come out of those. And we want to continue to go that route. But you as an individual need to know that the only way you're going to see somebody change is not by you nagging them. Not by you telling them what to do all the time and getting on to them all the time. No, we got to go for something deeper. we got to get that heart fixed. And a lot of times people do things externally just to tick people off anyway. Because you're telling me I can't do it. I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. So if we, if we back up and we go at it in a different approach and start trying to get to the heart of people, guess what? we got a better chance to see somebody change. It's about the heart. It's about your heart. It's about my heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Real quick, we're closing. Glory to God. Pharisees had the washing doctrine. Christians, they have the tattoo doctrine. Oh, yeah. You got tattoos? Oh, you're wrong. You're not right. You're a bad person if you got tattoos. There's denominations that will look you down. You come in with tattoos. Baptism doctrine. I just learned this the other day. 
I had some friends of mine help me on this. You know, you can get baptized in the name of Jesus, and to some religious organizations, you're good. But to others, you're not. But now you can get baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and you're good, but in other denominations, you're not good. Really? Really? I mean, these are things that people, where's the Scripture? Where's the Scripture? Oh, you got makeup on, ladies? What? What? Look at them clothes you got on. My Luke got blue jeans on. What's he doing, man? What's he doing? Woman with pants on? Woo, Lord. We about to see somebody go to hell around here. This is bad news. Women, Jezebel. Jezebel's in the house. Oh, Jesus. Hair doctrine, entertainment. You know what gets me about some Christians? They'll sit down at a table and somebody be cussing beside them. I'll be saying all kinds of bad cuss words and they'll be mad. They shouldn't be saying those things in front of my kids. That same joker will take them to the movies and they'll be saying it all through the movie. They don't say a word. Leave and go, wow, that was a movie. That was good. They dropping F-bombs and man, all kinds of bombs in there like it ain't no big deal. But we're going to get upset because, no, 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 that guy cussing beside you, he needs you to pray for him. Don't take offense to it. It's all right. Hallelujah. It ain't you saying it anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where is the scripture? What is sin? Real quick, sin is a very serious thing. It's no laughing matter at all. I want to give you three definitions found in the Bible real quick. 1 John 3, 4. It says, everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. Ignoring God's law by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing. Being unrestrained by His commands and His will. Number two, these are scriptural now. James 4, 17. So any person who knows what is right to do but does not do it, to him it is what? Sin. These are biblical. These ain't religious. These are biblical. Definitions of sin. Romans uh, 14, 22. You may believe there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. What he's saying is, is you think it's okay if you keep it between you and God because nobody else knows. Let's continue on. Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they have decided is right. But if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat or you should drink or you should do or you should go something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you are sinning. Friend, well, let me just read 1 John 3.18 and then we'll get ready to close. Hallelujah. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. This is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence. If our hearts condemn us, say, your heart condemn you. Your heart condemn you. Because God don't condemn, right? Romans uh, what it, 8.1 says there is no condemnation in Christ. Your heart will condemn you. Now let's read on. We know that God is greater than our hearts and He knows everything. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. What is He saying? He's saying that when your heart's checking you, and everybody in this room has had that moment, when your heart's telling you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And nobody else hears that. Nobody else feels that. And then you do it anyway. Your heart, that's a mechanism God put in everybody's heart and in life to protect us. Just like if I'm about to touch something hot, He gave me feeling to where I don't burn myself. 
He got your heart in a position, especially if you're born again, it will condemn you. It will say, no, 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 don't do this. Don't go there. Stay away from there. Don't watch this. But if we just barrel on through, we sin. But God all the while is trying to get in. Everybody in this room, y'all felt that. And I guarantee you everybody in this room has done something. And went, oh, man, I should not have done that. Your heart was trying to get your attention. And see, if you barrel past that, you begin to callous your heart. Your heart becomes hard. It gets easier to ignore it next time. It gets easier to ignore it next time. And then the next thing you know, you're not serving God. You're messed up, and you're in a place you didn't want to be. But all the while, your heart was trying to tell you, hey, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. We use conscious as a word to describe heart. Either way, if you don't feel right about something, check inside. If it ain't something you should do, don't do it. And the more you don't do it, the more in tune with God you get. And the more rights you start walking. The more, you know, everything starts going better. Don't ignore your heart. Hallelujah. Philippians 2.12 tells us, So then, my dear ones, just if you have always obeyed my, my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to what? Work out your own salvation. That is, cultivate it. Bring it to full effect. Actively pursue spiritual maturity with all inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. Some of you here today have quit working out your salvation. You are just showing up at church and going through the motions and being here and then going home. Let's get back on the workout plan today and get, get this heart in shape for God to use for us to change others for the good. As we stay on the workout plan, we will be attractive to others that are looking for a change in their life. The only way to be a successful follower of Christ is to keep working out every day no matter what. How do we work out? You read the Bible, you do what it says. You pray to God, you do what He tells you to do. Amen? Hallelujah. You go to church. You serve at church. You stay away from sin. That was a great workout today. Let's do it again tomorrow. We read. We pray. We go to church. We serve. We stay away from sin. We get up and we do it again. Amen. Just like going to the gym. Hallelujah. Well, I don't feel good today. You're going to work out. I'm not happy. Hey, we're going to work out anyway. Hallelujah. I'm broke. I don't have no money. Guess what? You're going to keep working out because he said he'll supply all your needs. Just get closer to God. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. They said something ugly about me. That's okay. We're going to forgive them. We're going to work out. We're going to work out. We're going to forgive them. I have a problem with porn. I can't help but just look at these naked women or these naked men on the screen. I've just got a problem. Guess what you do? You keep working out for Jesus. You keep running to God. He's not the problem. He's the answer. We keep going to Him and working out. Eventually, that will be replaced with something greater. Amen? No condemnation. You keep running to God and keep working out. Hallelujah. My relationship with my kids and wife and husband and family and coworkers are not good. Guess what? Work out. Keep working. Don't quit. Don't quit. I don't have to go to church. I can do church at home. Shut up. You can't do church at home. Hallelujah. Every person that says they can do church at home ain't living right. They ain't doing right. Just like every person that says, I got a gym at the house. I'll just work out at home. Now, I'm not saying there's not some that do it. But come on, guys. You've been to the gym before. Who's been to the gym before? Let me give you a little snapshot. When you walk in that gym, boy, they got the music playing. Woo! I mean, they got it pumped up, man. I mean, there's some energy. There's some vibe there. You walk in, you're like, whoa, hallelujah. Man, you see six-pack dude walk by. You know, you see Miss, Miss Perfect walk by, and you go, I tell you what, I'm going to look like that. Then you see, you know, 12-pack walk by, and you see, uh, you know, other people walk by. But they're all in there. They're being inspired. 
There's that atmosphere that's inspiring them. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to quit living like this. I'm going to do something with my body. It's just something about being in that atmosphere. Well, it's the same thing when you come to church. You can't get that on the internet at home. You get here, you get a hug, you get a cup of coffee, you worship, you hear the word, you're in community, you're getting fired up, we're getting changed, God's speaking to me, we're singing a song and he touches me with a word. Something happens when you're together. The atmosphere is what we're after, amen? Hallelujah, we get in here, we get turned on to God in the name of Jesus. Why? We're going to keep working at our salvation. We're not drawing back. I'm not running back to where I came from. There ain't nothing back there. Nothing's back there. Everything I need is in front of me. But I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to keep running and keep running and keep running and keep running. And I'm going to look around. I'm going to see people run with me. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Glory to God. I had so much to say, guys. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I have a problem with gossip. Work out. I don't know Jesus. Get saved and start working out every day. Amen. Amen. Let's do this. Hallelujah. We can do this. No matter what comes our way, we're going to get up and work out our salvation every day. We're going to inspire others. We're going to train our heart, guys. We're going to work our heart. We're going to get our heart in shape, our spirit in shape. We're going to do spiritual things to get our spirit in shape. And quit focusing on our flesh. Eat the cinnamon roll. But work on your spirit. Put more emphasis on your spiritual training. You get your spirit right, everything's going to get right. You got a problem. You keep feeding that spirit. You keep feeding that spirit. And I promise you one thing. You'll look up one day and you'll say, hey, it's done. I'm free. I don't have a problem with porn anymore. I don't have a problem with anything. I don't have a problem. Guess what? I'm close to Jesus. You've arrived. Hallelujah. The only way, the band can go ahead and come up. The only way you become anything in life is to work at it. Hallelujah. I done preached myself happy, guys. I am fired up about Jesus. Our heart is the thing that we got to work on, guys. You see people that ain't at church today. You need to call them. You need to text them. We want to see this church grow, but we want to see the people in the church grow. I want to have a church full of mature believers that we're not depending on a man or woman to come see me anywhere. No, you call on the name of the Lord right where you're at. You call us and say, hey, Nathan, we'll let you guys know, man. <clears throat> the devil came in one way. I resisted him. I made him flee another way. Hallelujah. Just want to let you know the good report. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's do this thing. Oh, the devil tried to make me sick, but I cast him out. Quoted the word. He's gone. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Let's rejoice. God is calling us to move up higher. He has strategically put me and you in a perfect situation, guys. He has put us in a perfect situation. And we got to stir each other up. We got to challenge each other. I got to look at you and you got to look at me and say, we can go further. We can go deeper. We can do more together. We can do this, guys. We got to be inviting, just like at the, at the bar, the pub. We got to be that place where people can come and sense acceptance. Accept, sense some love. I believe we got it here. I'm not preaching to a bunch of people that don't got it. Y'all got it. Y'all do. We have a great church, man. A great church of people that do love people from all walks of life. And I'm going to tell you, we hear the testimonies. When people come in this church, they sense the love. But let's take it up a notch. 
Because we have a lot of people that, can love, that we need to love. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. We love you. Hallelujah. I know we kind of went a little over, guys, but I, I do sense in my heart that as y'all just sing, you know, maybe a couple lines of a song, I want each one of you guys to judge you. You know, it talked about evaluation, self-evaluation. Let's just, let's just into this moment of worship. Let's just do a self-evaluation, and let's let the Holy Spirit touch our heart. And let's ask Him to help us work on our heart more, work on our spirit more that we would train like an Olympic athlete. That we would train as though we're going for the gold. Because we are. Father, we love you today and we thank you. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to touch every single person in this room. Hallelujah. That you would minister life to them right now in Jesus' name. That you would touch their spirit. And if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. I'd like to know Jesus as my Lord. <clears throat> I'd like to receive Jesus as my Lord. We don't want ever to dismiss a service without giving an opportunity for someone to be able to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, we're not going to call you out. We're not going to embarrass you. We just want to pray with you. If that's you, just simply put your hand up and say, hey, pray for me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we love you today. Father, I believe that these are all your sons and daughters. And I just pray, Father God, that there would be a fire on the inside of us that would change our life forever. That we would never look back. We would continue to move forward. We give you praise and glory and honor. In the name of Jesus. Let's just sing.